today's topic, why builders have stopped building homes. I'm Darren. And I'm Catherine. This is Real Estate Money and Marriage Podcast. This is from the New York Times. Builders started construction on about 93,000 single-family homes in June. That's down 16% from a year earlier. Now, going back to my four concerns, one of the big concerns I had was as people stop buying homes, builders are going to stop building. Remember that, Kat? Yes, I do. So that's happening. And why is that a bad thing? Because we already have a shortage of homes. So let's take a look at this article a little bit more. This is from the New York Times. The United States has a deep decades old housing shortage. We've said it's like 3.5 to 5 million homes short. Homebuilders across the country are pulling back on development because they can't sell enough homes. So we don't have enough homes and we can't sell enough homes. Well, I like the next question because this is a question I have on my mind. The next sentence, how can both of these things be true? That's uh, part of the problem. So there's an excess of regulation and mixed incentives of the market mean there's never a supply that lines up with the demand. One way or another, solving it will require more building during downturns and most likely some sort of public program to subsidize it. I think that just creates more problems. I think less building is at some point going to create a hotter housing market, more competitive. It's going to get competitive again. But why would a builder want to do that? Yeah, I guess that takes a lot of faith, huh? Why? Because then why can't they control supply and demand? Because think about this. If we go back 15 years into when things crashed and the like, banks owned all the homes, basically, there's a thing called shadow inventory, where even though there was a ton of foreclosures, the banks wouldn't release them all at one time because they knew that would hurt the price that homes would sell for. So they would trickle them out. Like banks became the builders, why release a million homes at once? Because that would hurt supply. So they would release them a little bit here and there, put a few out, let those sell, then release a few more. They didn't want to be competing against each other. They didn't want to list 100 homes in the same town and suddenly buyers have choices and it's a extreme buyer's market. That's why I don't like this idea of subsidizing it and regulating it because whether it's banks or builders, they're already controlling the way that the market works instead of just letting natural supply and demand. So the article goes on, consider that over the past few months, what the past few months have visited on Hayden Homes, a regional builder that's based in Redmond, Oregon. Now, I think we should probably disclose, we own a Hayden home. Sure. So we went through this buying process. They build about 2,000 houses a year throughout the Pacific Northwest. At the beginning of the year, Hayden's biggest problem shared by almost every other builder was figuring out how to supply enough houses for everyone who wanted one. The company couldn't find enough land. Workers were scarce. Lumber prices were exploding and the faltering supply chain turned the surge for everything from dishwashers to garage doors into a kind of corporate scavenger hunt. Now, this one paragraph touches on a little bit of my four L's, the paragraph before we cover all of it. So the four L's are land, lumber, labor, and legal. So legal is the subsidizing it, the regulations, how much they have to pay the city, county, federal government in order to get the permits to build the homes and then the cost for the workers. And then where do you find the land, enough land in order to build enough homes to equal a creative profit and then the cost of lumber. And I put all that, all the supplies as they cover here from dishwashers to garage doors. 
So they go on that one thing builders were not short on was qualified buyers. They were in abundance of, of because low interest rates. To deal with the crush of demand, builders like Hayden began choosing buyers from waiting lists and conducting elaborate lotteries to pick a winner. But then a few weeks, that situation changed for Hayden and the housing market was reversed. The article's a little long. We could keep going into this, but I think we've made the point. And I just want to recap this big problem. And it's come true. If builders stop building, we still have this problem. So if you were searching at the beginning of the year for a home, and you go, this is too tough. I don't like it. Or I did win the lottery. I was on the wait list of 2,000 people and I didn't get the new home. So I'm going to go rent. I'm going to wait for home prices to come down because I'm going to rent now. I'm going to wait. I think the, like, the real question you have to ask yourself, there needs to be more to that question. Waiting for what? Yeah, I think I've said this a lot of times lately, but probably not near enough. I think that the housing market was really competitive in January, February, March of this year. And then rates went up. And about that same time in April, buyers gave up, but they have to live somewhere. So what giving up means is they either signed a year lease, maybe a year long, or maybe they moved in with family or something. But let's assume they signed a year lease. I think that's what a lot of buyers did who are now currently renters. And now it's like all of a sudden the buyers have disappeared. But I think they'll be back. And I think when they decide to come back, we're going to have an even bigger inventory problem because the builders have taken their foot off the gas. They're not building as fast anymore just because the buyers aren't here and now. Yeah. So because to go a little bit deeper into this, another reason why we have a supply problem, they're in the middle of the market. So not the starter homes and not the luxury homes, but that middle of the road market where people have a home that's probably nice enough, that's probably big enough, that's in a neighborhood that they're okay with, that they're okay with. They're probably sitting on a 2.75%, 3% interest rate or so. It's hard to get those people to move out of that house and then go buy a home that's going to be a 5.5% or 6% interest rate. So normally everyone takes a step up. I'll sell my home and that becomes the starter home for someone else. And then I move up to the next home. We have this group in the middle that's locked there and doesn't want to move because of they have a great mortgage payment right now. Yeah, we know a lot of these people personally, and we know they're tempted to move. It'd be nice to do a little step up. But if that means double the interest rate, which might mean double the mortgage payment, maybe it's not worth it. They'll just stay put for a while. Yeah. So what we really need is the builders and new home inventory. So going back to how we started this, to recap, builders started construction on 93,000 single-family homes in June. That's down 16% from a year earlier. And we could just go back and look at how many problems there was a year earlier. I bet there was more supply problems a year earlier. There's probably more labor problems a year earlier. So down 93 seems significant to me. And then Rick Palacios Jr., no, they're down 16% from a year earlier. So they started 93,000 homes, which is down 16%. Yeah, what did I say? I'm saying... They're that, down 93,000. I said they're down 93,000? That's what I heard. Okay. I don't, they're down 16%, yeah. which is more than last year. Yeah. So if I said 93, sorry, I misspoke. I'm just saying it's amazing that they're down because I still think there would have been some issues to even build this many homes last year. They had other issues. Now it's by choice. 
They're making a conscious choice to not build as many homes. And it seems to me easy for me to say, because I'm not the one risking my capital, but if builders would just build like normal, by the time their homes are done, there would be buyers. They would reappear. But that's, I get why that's scary to do because they're not here now. So they don't want to start these homes. So the challenge here then is Rick Palacios says, we are undersupplied from a structural standpoint, but when rates roughly double in the space of three or four months, builders don't care. They're planning their business for the now. If the slowdown continues for more than a few months, as many economists predict, this next step will be to cut back on future land development. The likely effect of this would be that when housing gets going again, builders will remain behind. So families will once again be clamoring for homes, getting one will once again depend on winning a lottery and the housing charge will continue to crush family finances and making it harder to build well. Yeah. So what I was saying a second ago, I guess, I mean, that after reading this article and listening to what we're saying, we don't know for sure, but the way that this definitely seems is this is just like a little blip and the market is going to come back like crazy, maybe even more because the shortage will be more intense. So it would be a good idea to buy right now. Even if rates feel a little bit high, even if whatever, there's uncertainty. I think this is a great opportunity to get in. And what I would say as a real estate agent, and you might be going, well, you have a horse in this race, Darren. I do. But I can tell you from this side of someone who's in the race, builders are offering deals right now. And it might not look like that to someone buying on the outside. But if you come talk to us, we can show you where builders are offering incentives that they were not offering at the beginning of the year or last year or the year before that, or probably haven't offered in the last decade or so. So if you want a new home, a new construction home, I would say definitely now is the time to get in. Closing thoughts, Catherine. Yeah, I would say get in now. And I would say specifically, even if that means you have to break your lease. That might be expensive, might cost you two grand, but you might be spending 30 grand more on a house next year. You could probably negotiate the builder to... Maybe, that's tricky. That that might be tricky, but they could offer another incentive of something like a refrigerator could cost you 2,000, so have them throw on the refrigerator instead of you paying for it. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Money and Marriage Podcast with Catherine and Darren. And when you're ready, here's four things that you can do right now. Number one, make sure you're subscribed to this show, whether you're watching or listening. If you're watching, you can also click the like button, click the thumbs up button. Number two, if you're a first time homebuyer, get a free guide, seven costly mistakes homebuyers make. Visit costlymistakeshomebuyersmake.com. Number three, if you're selling your home, get access to our Get Sell Ready Guide and checklist. It'll show you how to get your home ready without spending a fortune or wasting your nights and weekends updating and remodeling your home. Visit GetSellReady.com. And number four, start a smart moves conversation with us. Get clarity about what to do next. Get your questions answered, your concerns taken care of, and an action plan customized to your timeline. You can schedule a call with us at SmartMovesCall.com or start a chat with us. Visit M.me slash group.